You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. Hello, and thank you for listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. Now, if this is your first time listening to my podcast, my na- hello, my name is Aubrey, and like the introduction, I um, I give truth for your freedom. This was started um, because of revival, and um, I share what the Lord has shown me, what I've experienced, um, to encourage you and to build you up in the faith. This is for believers in Christ, but that doesn't mean I don't share the gospel. I absolutely love sharing the gospel. Besides, I don't know who it is that's listening to this, and I want them to know the love of God. And if they're not born again, I want to, I'd love to share with them what Jesus did for them, um, because God loved us so much that he shared, he sent Jesus to... He sent Jesus to be the one to pay the fine of our sin so that we could be healed and whole, mind, body, and soul. Honestly, we're so messed up on this earth because of sin. Uh, And we need a savior and we need help and we need somebody to free us from this never-ending cycle, this never-ending circle of sin. Sin and self-hatred and self-loathing and unrighteousness and sin and self-hatred and self-loathing and unrighteousness. And it goes over and over and over. And if we die in this sin, we go where sin goes. It's just, that's just it. But God doesn't desire us to to live our lives that way and he doesn't desire us to spend eternity in hell where sin is that's not what he desires it's not what he's ever desired but he gave mankind a choice and just like Adam and Eve had a choice on whether or not they were going to obey um, the one rule they had while they were in the garden um, they chose to disobey And because of their disobedience, sin came into this world. And we're born into sin. Um, You know, I know there's there's a a philosophy going around that uh, the belief that mankind is inherently good. They're good on the inside. But because of circumstances in their life, they can be evil. But that's, that's not true. We're born into sin. We choose to sin. It's a choice. We choose to do what is wrong and what is right um, from the get-go. Even children, you know, they, they take a toy from a, another child. They, they're stealing a toy because they want it. They, they, um, they desire that toy. And, and so they take it from the other person, even though it, it causes the other person to cry and the other child to, to be angry. They choose to fill their desires and their delight with that toy than the other, the other child. 
um, and that other child that had the toy taken away, taken away from them, they know what, what happened was wrong. And what do they do? They cry, and if they have enough time to, to communicate, they communicate that, that their toy was taken away from them, um, or they lash out in their anger at the other uh, child, and they hurt that child um, out of anger. You know, and it and it rolls through 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 and through and through. You know, as children, we take um, like maybe we take a cookie, or our parents say don't don't snack before dinner, and we do it anyway. That's disobedience. Not only is it disobedience, but we stole something, and um, and we hide. Why do we hide? Because we know what we are doing is wrong. We're with knowledge, and. Um, our conscience pricks us, and the conscious conscience it, it means with with uh, um, it's it means with knowledge, and um, our our conscience is actually God given. God gave us a conscience. God to- is telling us what is right and wrong, and when we choose to do wrong, we're pricked with the the guilt of choosing what is wrong, but we're also pricked with fear um, because we don't want to be exposed um, for what we did wrong. Okay, so um, the sin of dark, the darkness of sin, and we hide in the darkness of sin, not wanting to be exposed by the light or the light of truth and, and, and the knowledge that we did something wrong. And it's just like Adam and Eve did. They they did something wrong. They heard God um, walking in the cool of the day toward them, looking for them. And what did they do? They hid, just like just like you and children do when they do something wrong, or even d- adults today. They do something wrong. What did they do? They hide. Um, they hide in their lie. They hide in whatever it is that they they did wrong, and they knew they did wrong. Um, and so we are born in sin. We are born in the knowledge of good and evil. We're born with the knowledge of what is right and wrong um, because God put it in us. And so no one is without that knowledge. Everyone knows what is right and wrong. Um, So all will be held accountable for what they do, what they think, how they feel on this earth. Um, and that's given so that when we hear what is right and wrong and we're in, we're in the knowledge of that, we know that we need someone or something to get us out of it. Um, so when the light of truth, which is, you know, like the gospel is exposed, has exposed our, our sin, um, we choose either to run from it or to acknowledge that we need help from it. And that's why Jesus came to this earth. Jesus came to remove sin from our life. And it's not like, the, it's the mark of sin. The mark of sin, the guilt of sin, the payment of sin, the wage of sin from our lives so that we're no longer bound by sin and the punishment of sin but we are free to live our lives in freedom and in victory and knowing God and what the way God wanted us to know him from the beginning, from the get-go. 
So if, if you live your life saying, you know, I can't believe that, that such a good God would allow such bad things on this earth. Well, you know, do you want to have a choice or not? Because, I mean, he could have gone to where we didn't have a choice and then we wouldn't be an individual. Um, with the ability to love him and to love him fully and to know his love fully because we would just basically be robots or um, kind of like the angels in heaven. I mean, there's, there's, we have something that they don't have and what we have is life within us, um, a soul. We have a soul and, and um, we're u- unique in that. He made us like him and so... Um, so we have a choice. He's, he gave us a choice because he loves us so much. And he, he would like us to choose him. He would like us to put our eyes on him. And when we've chosen not to do that, that's where sin comes into the camp. But he sent Jesus, even though we were in our sin, even though we blamed him for everything, even in our sin, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. He sent up the payment for our sin so that we don't have to make the payment because we can't make the payment of sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So the payment of one sin, just lying one time in your life, is death. And it's an eternal death. And we go where sin goes. Um, when, When we haven't repented and given our life to Jesus, and we will be judged for everything we've done, everything we've thought, everything we've said on this earth, and, and so we need a savior. We need somebody to bail us out of a life of sin. And it's like a, an ongoing cycle of sin, self-hatred, um, remorse, but continuing to do it again because we can't quite get ourselves out and we were never meant to. The only one that can get us out is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And so only Jesus can do that. And, um, and it's so simple. It's really so simple um, that a lot of people choose not to, to repent and give their lives to Jesus because it's so simple and they think that it has to be harder than this. But God never desired for us to have a really hard 12-step program uh, or to live our lives so much by, by rules that uh, we, I mean, look at us in diets. Look at us as human beings and diets. I mean, even the, the best diet, fitness, nutritionist person, they, they all have what, what they call cheat days. Why? Because even they fail. And so they have to have a day to fail so that they feel better later on, right? So we can't even keep ourselves on a diet or on a strict fitness program without having a cheat day or days. So how on earth are we gonna keep ourselves sticking to certain rules? Well, it's not gonna happen. We're going to fall, we're going to fail. And, And so God didn't make it to where it was going to be hard. He didn't make it where it's gonna be this hard mountain to climb. He made the ability to come to him and to be made righteous, holy, blameless, where our sin is removed, that the the mark of sin on our lives 
from our past, our present, our future is removed as far as the east is from the west. And, and if you know anything about directions, the east and the west just don't end. They're just f- forever. It's infinity. And, and that, that way was through Jesus. Jesus came to this earth with choice. And he chose the right thing every time. He had a choice. He had the same temptations. The Bible talks he had the same temptations we have. But he chose every time to do what is right. And he never sinned. And because he never sinned, he willingly gave his life to take on our sin. The the sin of all mankind. Some of the worst and the worst and some of the people that you think is not so worse. All the sin of mankind he took upon himself so that he can hold, he can, he felt the wrath of God. God poured out his wrath once and for all upon all mankind. Remember, he poured out his wrath on mankind and flooded the whole earth. And only a few people lived from that because he allowed them to be in an ark with some of the animals that he wanted them to live too. Right? Noah's ark. It wasn't a G-rated kind of a event. And, and God promised not to pour out his wrath on all of mankind like that ever again. So what he did was he sent Jesus and he poured out all of his wrath on Jesus and all of the sin that Jesus took upon himself. That wasn't even his, it was ours. But he made himself the scapegoat. He made himself... Um, he it was almost like he turned himself in and he didn't do it. He didn't do the crime, but he turned himself in to be punished as if he did it so that we could be free and we could live free. And Jesus did that willingly and knowing in faith that God would bring him back from the dead in three days so that he could go back to the father so that Holy Spirit could be with us. God's spirit, God's very presence could be with us. And so that we could be, if we repent of our sins, that means we turn away from, from sin and we, we look to Jesus. We look, we look to Jesus knowing that we don't deserve it, yeah. But we put our faith and trust in what he did. And we hold on to it. And what he did for us. And, and that he has once and for all removed all the sin from our life. And, and in that, that place of honesty and humility, God will answer. And he removes our heart of stone, our, our, our heart full of sin and, and, and full of uh, just, just not good things. Just full of sin. And he puts in us a heart of flesh. It's like his heart. He gives us a new heart. So it's like we're born again. We're reborn and he, and he puts his spirit in us and we come to life the way we were meant to from the very get-go. Who we were meant to be before Adam and Eve corrupted this world of sin. And we live our life in him. Do we fail? Yeah, we can't even keep on a diet. But the Bible says, though a righteous man may fall, he is sure to get up again. And we're to remember what Jesus did for us get up, 
shake the dust off of our knees, wipe us off, just wipe ourselves off and look to him and keep on going. And that's the beauty of being a son and daughter of God is that we can keep going, that the grace of God is on our lives to help us to stay focused on him and to keep going. The grace of God is not for us to sin. Oh, jeez. That's so, that's such a lie. That's part of the rules, the system that they have in the Christian church. The grace of God, that grace of God, it means that even in a moment where we're the weakest and we may fail, we can still look at him and say, God, I love you. Jesus, thank you for your holy, righteous blood that you shed for me so that I can get up clothed in your righteousness because it says that he clothes us in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I can get up clothed in your righteousness and keep on going. And you never let me down. And I'm going to look to you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you because you were good and you were faithful and you were holy. And though I may fall, I will get up again. And he says, keep going. You're doing great. I love you. Keep going. And so you don't look for sin to commit because of grace. I mean, if you're doing that, you're not even born again, people. So don't even believe this, 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 this false thing, this false warning about um, grace. You know, what is it? Too much grace? It's ridiculous. We're to have the grace of God. The grace of God is for us. And anybody that tells you to be careful about the whole grace, grace preaching, grace message, they're keeping you from freedom. They're keeping you down. They're putting their foot on your neck and keeping you from having real truth, real freedom, and real victory. And they're they're making sure that you stay in a place where you feel uh, rejected by God and, and, and guilty by God. You, you are a born-again believer in Christ. No one is allowed to put their neck to put their foot on your neck and keep you down. You are clothed with the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You are a co-heir with Christ. Who are they to keep you down in condemnation? Uh-uh. Oh no. You go to the throne room. You go to the throne room of grace, grace boldly. And make your petitions known. The throne room of grace. Boldly. Why? Because you're a child of God. You're a son and daughter of God. Nobody's supposed to keep you down. You're a son and daughter. Grace doesn't make you sin or allow you to sin. It actually helps keep you from it. Because as long as your eyes are on Jesus... And you understand the grace of our Father and our, and our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have time for sin. And if your eyes do falter and you do fall, the grace of God is always there to pick you back up and tell you to keep going. <laughs> There's a little bit for your freedom. Um, I rabbit trailed there. <laughs> But honestly, somebody needs to know that. And um, that's some of what this podcast is for. It's for your freedom. And um, 
And honestly, you want to hear some more about that? I've got other podcasts about the grace of God. And I have other podcast episodes about revival. So if you want to hear more, feel free to listen or message me. And I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to talk to you more. um, Or, you know, you need the address to my church? I'll give it to you. You'll hear it there. Um, But um, the rest of what I have for you is actually not very long. But I want to share with you a prophetic word that the Lord gave me. And... um, and here we go. Um, it actually started as a vision. And I had this vision at, at church um, early August. And um, the Lord's just been showing me more. Um, and I just need an opportunity to share it. But um, it went from a vision to uh, him just expounding more to me and I'm not going to share all that he he uh, showed me because in a lot of ways it was for me but um, if later on he wants me to share all of it I will but I'm going to keep this pretty simple because that's just that's just the father he's just pretty simple just like the gospel <laughs> anyway um, the vision the Lord um, took me from where I was at to where he was at and and he was showing me the earth and I saw the earth from a distance and the Lord had in each hand a stamp and it was the kind of stamps that um, was like an old-fashioned stamp that um, that you it was like the ones that you would use um, in wax you know those really old stamps that you use in wax um, and the, the bottom of it where the stamp was actually reminded me of, um, a notary stamp, um, where when it stamps onto the, um, onto the paper, there's the, em- the emboss, you know, um, image of the stamp, um, that was put on. And that's what it reminded me of. And, uh, each stamp, um, had a handle. It was a gold handle. And... Um, he showed he showed each one to me, and one of them said righteousness, and the other one said justice. And um, he showed um, he he told me to watch, and he stamped the earth first with righteousness, and then he stamped it with justice. And I was kind of like, ooh, this is interesting. Um, and that was the vision. Now suddenly, back with me and um, and everyone around me. And, um, he's shown me some crazy stuff before, um, but, but this, he usually immediately tells me what certain things mean, but this one was different. This one sat, um, not heavy, but it was there on my mind and my heart. And I actually, on the way home, told my husband about it. And even then I told him, I'm not really sure how to ride with this because um, uh, even even in that moment, I was like, Lord, what does this mean? And um, and I could feel like he, he was going to tell me and he was going to show me, but it was going to be, there was going to be some time on it. It was one of those you kind of, you kind of eat, you know, 
And if you don't know, it's okay. There are some prophetic words or visions that, that you hold on to and, and you, you go and you sit with the Father and you, you talk with Him about. And He um, shows in Scripture or He shows you in another vision or another dream. And it's one of those that sometimes they're, um, they're like almost like a series kind of a thing. Um, and I wasn't sure how this one was going to go. Um, and anybody in the, you know, that, that's in the prophetic, you know, kind of understands like that can happen. So I'm, I'm sitting on this and I'm asking him what, what to do with this, because I know that this kind of vision, it can be like a yay, or it can be like a, oh, you know, and, um, or it can be both, or it can be somewhere in between. And, um, and I kind of got a yes <laughs> to, to vote. Um, and he's kind of taking me for a ride with it. Um, and he encouraged me to start reading um, slowly the book of Isaiah. And um, um, if anyone that knows me uh, knows how much I love, love the book of Isaiah. I love the book of Isaiah. It's not just the history. It's just, I have, I have an admiration and respect for Isaiah. And the Lord has shown me so much. Like after I first got born again, the Lord showed me so much through the book of Isaiah. And he actually showed me a lot about the, uh, prophetic anointing that I have on my life. Um, that's just kind of always been there, but but he expounded more on it through Isaiah. So Isaiah has been one of my my books. Um, but um, but I've I've just been on some other ones lately. But he really encouraged me to go back to it and read really slow. And in the process of reading really slow, he showed me scriptures that talk about righteousness and justice. And um, I'm gonna share. Honestly, it's just a few um, with you. And uh, let's see, Isaiah 1, verses 19 and 20. Um, honestly, I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to be reading these out of the ESV translation. Not on purpose. It was just kind of the, uh, the Bible I had on by me at the moment when he told me to do this. So um, let's see. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I was like, Lord, do you want me to write that one down? He said, write it down. So, okay, I'll write that down, Lord. And he continues... And uh, he continues with Isaiah. Isaiah 1 continues. And let's see, I'm, I'm going to do the NKJV, so I'm pulling it up right now on my phone with NKJV because the turning of the pages are, is very low. And I'm going to start with verse 25, and I'm going to go down to verse 27. So 25 to 27. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, here we go. 
I will turn my hand against you and thoroughly purge away your dross and take away all your alloy. I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with justice and her penitents with righteousness. So did you hear that? There is uh, righteousness and justice. And let me see. I'm thinking about maybe reading 19 and 20 again in the NKJV. Let's do it. All right. Uh, 19 and 20. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And then verse 21 says, How, fa- how the faithful city has become a harlot. It was full of justice. Righteousness lodged in it. But now murderers. Now, I know just reading this, you're probably going, that doesn't sound very good. That's very judgment. Um, And to be honest, uh, in in some ways it is. Um, But um, if if you were listening, if you had your ears on and you had your eyes open um, to hear the word of the Lord, it was, he is doing this to bring, uh, to bring us back to, to who we're meant to be. Um, and, you know, like he was saying, you know, um, how he's, he, he gives the option of um, being obedient you're going to eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured. And then he talks about how the city was once a faithful city and how it was full of justice and, and righteousness. But now it's just a bunch of murderers. If you listen to this, doesn't this sound familiar? Doesn't it sound familiar? Okay. Um, verses 25, 26... And 27. He talks about this too. He talks about how he his hand's going to come against you to purge away all the dross. And then he's going to restore. And he's going to bring back so that once again the city will be a city of righteousness. And the Lord showed me this. For so long, if you if you listen to um, the preachers and the prophets of old from the 50s and the 60s, they talk about how God's going to judge the earth, how God's going to judge this country even, and how God is going to come against um, to bring judgment because of what, honestly, when they talk about it, it's, they're talking about he's talking to the church 
And these people are talking, these, these prophets and these preachers are prophesying to the church. And for so long, the church has uh, kept a blind eye and a blind ear to what the world was going on around, what was going on around them and what the world was doing. And honestly, even within the church, there was a blind eye and deaf ears. Their ears were closed and so much was going on. They forgot their children and then the necessity of preaching the gospel to the children They've, they've forgotten um, the necessity of preaching the gospel in the church. And, it, and the church became nothing but a business and a board of directors who decided whether or not a pastor should stay or go, whether or not they liked um, what the pastor was doing or what the pastor was saying. It became a business. Seminaries, uh, Bible colleges became uh, a, a place for training for salesmen, to be quite honest. I know that's blunt, that might be a little harsh, but there's a training up of salesmen in the church and in Bible colleges and seminaries. Maybe not all of them. It's, it's almost never all of them, just like the churches are almost never all of them that are doing this. But there is a majority because just like we see with uh, other things like cars and architecture, where one gives an innovative idea, the others follow suit and make their products like that product because that product sells really good. And so they make it like it. And it's just like that in the church where one seems like they're, they're doing really good. They've got all these members. All this stuff is going great for them. The others follow. Listen to Christian music. It's the same. It's the same way. The others follow. One ministry or one worship team decided to have uh, uh, wood in the background and, and, and exposed light bulbs above them. And so it looked really cool. And so everybody did it. Right? Uh, they decided to do... Uh, videos of live recordings and so everybody did it right and I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying I'm just kind of giving you an example okay so there's this there's this teaching of scriptures of how to be a preacher how to be an evangelist how to be an apostle how to speak in tongues how to heal the sick how to do you know how to do this 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 and that how to keep people in your church, how to keep members high, how to uh, have people come to the front to, uh, to, to give their lives to Jesus. There's a, a how to, and it's, it's just raising up men and women that are salesmen. They're given a sales pitch. And it's been that way for years. And even in the 50s and the 60s, prophetic men and women of God were, were giving um, a word of judgment to the church. And the Lord has been showing me that that's what he's been doing. And, and maybe even continue. He didn't give me a definite of it, something continuing. He's just been showing me what he's doing. And what he said before, it stands those words weren't just words given blindly. Those words were given by men and women of God. 
uh, past, uh, the, the Kenneth Hagen Sr. has uh, one from the 60s. And I think another one from the 70s. Where it talks about that there's, there's things that are going to happen. And it's, and it's to shake up the church. It's to shake up the church. It's to bring revival. It's to bring the church back to their first love. That's what revival's for, guys. And he's showing me what's happening. He's showing me what he's done to bring the church back to its first love. And we need to be mindful of that. We need to be mindful of that. It's only because he loves us. But he he shared something else with me. And this is for prophets. This is for prophets. And it's interesting that he did that and then he's showing me this. But he said, It is not the time for the prophets to prophesy new vision. It is time for the prophets to bring order to the vision. And and what he's what he shared with that is he's given prophetic word for a now time. And um he's he's got there's all these words that are even coming to pass. But we're in a place where we need the prophets of God to bring order to that vision, to bring order to that word, order to the prophetic words that we're seeing happening right now that they we have recordings of, maybe even videos of them uh, giving of old. It's coming to, to full. It's happening now. These things are happening now that they said then. And it's time for the prophets to um, to listen to the word, to listen to the Lord, to listen to His Spirit, to be quiet and listen, and 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 have direction for the church in in the prophetic visions that are happening and the prophetic words that are happening now that are coming to to full circle that are coming to place that are happening now that were given so many years ago because the church right now doesn't need some new vision it's they need order for what's going on at the time they need prophets to come in and and to bring order to it and to say here this is what the Lord is saying and to work alongside the pastors, the, the apostles, even the evangelists. You know, with that uh, being said, um, I encourage you to listen to uh, the podcast, Kilted Preacher. It's my husband's podcast. And um, he's giving some very sound words, very real, very true. It's not new things. It's It's this time right now and he's giving some prophetic words and I I I um and chuckle sometimes when I'm hearing him I, even in the past when he'd be at on a street corner preaching and there's such an anointing in um 
when it comes to evangelism, when he preaches the gospel, there's such an anointing on it. And uh, the Lord just has his hand on him with that. And I, I joke around that, that he's a prophetic evangelist. Uh, he's so much more. Um, he's, he's been spoken over and, and he has an apostolic anointing. I will say that. My husband, the kilted preacher, Kenneth Davis, has an apostolic anointing. Um, and if you really know him, you'll see it. You see it. It's there. It's he's one of those guys that he's like a one in a he's like rare. He's rare to find in the body of Christ. And, you know, the the big wigs may uh, may see the flashy dudes or um, they see the eccentric people and, and they go for them saying, oh, these are men of God. And they they don't see, you know, men like men of God like Kenneth. But that's OK. That's okay, because um, the Lord still uses them, you know. It may be in the background. You may not hear about them in, in books, but they're there. They're pillars for the others around them. But um, my husband is, he has a rare anointing on his life. Uh, it's something that the Lord showed me before we even got married. The Lord was like, gear up, I've... I've I've put you two together and this man has a rare anointing and um, and he's very loved by the father but I like to to uh, joke around and talk about how he has a prof- he's a prophetic evangelist but it's true <laughs> it's absolutely true he loves to evangelize he loves to preach the gospel um, but it's it's also very prophetic like when he talks to a person there's such a prophetic anointing in it as well and when he does these podcasts on his podcast the kilter preacher they're very prophetic so he gives the gospel he shares the gospel he shares all this other stuff you know that the lord's putting on a the lord's shown him and revealed to him um and it's prophetic and there's evangelism with it he's a prophetic evangelist um and i encourage you to listen to his podcast they're like i said they're very now things and um and uh, they're they're anointed. They are anointed. Uh, you can hear it through. I mean, you know, he's so nice, and he apologizes for the noise that you may or may not hear around you um, while he's recording. And it may kind of, you know, uh, you know, because he's doing it in in different places and stuff. Um, but. But you can't help but stay there and listen. And they can be kind of long. But you can't help but stay there and listen because he has such an anointing on his life. And every word is it's important. You know? Um, and he has so much to say. And sometimes he's like, uh, hmm. Because he has. There's so much the Lord shows him. Um, and I wish you guys could hear all that the Lord, you know shares with him I get to hear a lot of it but I even I don't hear all of it you know from him you know sometimes I find out later um, from him but the Lord shows him so much and he shares with you just a little bit of so much um, so I encourage you to uh, to listen to follow him uh, his uh, podcast um, and um, 
he believes in healing. I believe in healing. You, you have, you want prayer for healing. I, I'm, I will pray and stand with you. Um, and he will too for healing in your body because Jesus, Jesus blood was shed to heal, heal you, mind, body, and soul. That's it. Done. That's what his blood was for. And, um, um, I know that what I was actually sharing with you is so short (laughs) and this podcast could have been a lot shorter, but the Lord had different plans and I just flow with Holy Spirit. So until next time, my brothers and sisters in Christ, be blessed.